How's it going, everybody? This is the Nitty Gritty. My name is Chad. With me, as usual, is Leonard. This is a show about wrestling, and sometimes we do short videos for full-length episodes, obviously. Um, we had started doing a series called Stupid Questions, where we just we create questions that kind of random questions that you know you might text a, a friend and we kind of ask the other person here what they would think and they, they come up with an answer off the top of their head before we get to that i will just say i gotta throw another shout out to skeeter glassware who uh i've purchased probably too many glasses from and not a sponsor that's right he's not a sponsor and i told him he was an unofficial sponsor i'm not sure how thrilled he is about that or not but um, he was nice enough to throw in a shirt for me, the FTR uh, Art Foundation themed shirt here. And uh, I recently bought a pair of glasses uh, themed for the WrestleFest arcade game that we, a lot of us anyway, grew up with. I have mine here, and I gave Leonard the other one. Which I have as well. All right. So they are going to be our official uh, glasses for the show. Uh, mm -hmm. whether, whether or not Skeeter Glassware wants that to have wants that to be the case or not so it's free publicity take absolutely and uh so leonard our stupid questions why don't you tell everybody what the twist is this time so some of you may be aware of the very popular long-running youtube series hot ones where they introduce celebrities and they eat hot wings 10 questions 10 wings progressively hotter sauce on those wings so recently at the time of this recording hot ones came out with their own line of boneless chicken wings with three of their sauces, the three sauces Hot Ones makes um, exclusively at Walmart. So I picked those up and I have in front of me three of those nuggets, which I'm showing the people who are watching on YouTube now with the mild, the medium, and the hot, super hot. It seems like you should have blathered them in sauce, Leonard, for the full effect. Yes, yes, I did. There's a good amount of the first two. There's just a dab, which they call the last dab, on the last one. Okay. But if you had smell vision you would know that the hot sauce, as little as there is, is completely overpowering the smell of the other two. Oh, I've been there. I've tried a lot of hot things. Uh, and I do have milk here with me in my glass if needed the milk so, makes more sense now yes <laughs> the people so um as chad asks me three questions in a row i'm going to eat the wings starting with the mild and going up so we'll see if i can't get through the questions and the wings all right so leonard this kind of goes off of uh, uh one of our previous questions all right and i'm going to eat the first wing as you ask me the question all right, and that is, who should never have won a world title? Well, the great Kali immediately comes to mind. That's funny. That was the first name I thought of as well. And uh, no. we know why he won the world title. And from a business standpoint, I guess it makes sense, being that India has a lot of WWE fans. And they get, apparently, I've heard somewhere, like, like most of, the majority of their YouTube numbers come from india so it makes sense but yes the great Kali is one of them go ahead leonard with your well and and then also ginger mahal would be another one some people would say but falls into that certain category you were just talking about and then of course those people who are not real wrestlers vince mcmahon vince russo david arquette people like that would immediately come to mind yeah and if we're incorporating wcw obviously you're uh in, you know the david arquette situation and the vince russo situation uh certainly come to mind you know while i was 
asking this question, you know, what kind of occurs to me is that like, there's guys that I could say, well, they should have never been world champion, but it was mainly because the company that they were with maybe didn't rely on them enough, or maybe didn't give them enough to do as champion. Like one guy that comes to mind right away is Dolph Ziggler, um, who, who has won the world title. Um, but like, nobody remembers his runs unless they look it up, you know, and it's just kind of a shame because he's like the ultimate workhorse for that company, very long for many years. And, uh, you know, it would have been cool to see him get a better run with some more memorable feuds. Um, so as much as I don't want to say he shouldn't have been won the world title, it's like, if you're just going to give it to the guy just to take it off of them right away. I don't know if I really see the point in that all the time. Yeah. Uh, well, mentioning that, I would say you could also say a lot of those transitional champions, especially from the 70s, would fall into this. Right. Stan Stasiak, um, Ivan Koloff, Iron Sheik even, you know, right. guys who only had the title so they could get it to the next guy. Right. Yeah, and, you know, I'm sure that if we think harder, we could probably come up with with other names. And uh, But, like, those are the two names, honestly. The two names that Leonard mentioned – are the two names that I thought of first. And even if you talk about low-drawing champs like Kevin Nash, though it's considered low-drawing, I think at the time he was perfectly acceptable in that role, the character he had, what he was doing. Um, you know, I think it was it was fine. So there's some people who you would point at and go, oh, well, they were a bad champ or it was a bad time. But I don't say that they would necessarily not have deserved the belt. I think Diesel slash Kevin Nash certainly deserved the run that he had at the time that he had it. Right. All right. Well, Leonard, okay. you should prepare for question number two there. By the way, how was that hot sauce? That hot sauce was pretty good. That was their mild, and it had a nice kick to it. Um, it was, I would say it was around kind of like a Tabasco-y type of flavor. Okay. Okay. All right. So I'm going to eat number two as you ask question two. All right. So the second question is uh, one that I came up with very early on, and that is which referee, in your opinion, had the best pin count? Tommy Young immediately comes to mind. Really? Tommy yeah. Young? Wow. I Why so? I wouldn't, have see, I wouldn't have thought of that right away. Tommy Young. Tommy Young, when we did our referee video quite a while back, I think we both talked about how much we love Tommy Young. And a lot of it had to do with how expressive he was and the relationship he had with some wrestlers like Ric Flair. But also all around, I think he had a nice, consistent count. He did have a consistent count. He kind of got his arm out. People listening won't be able to see this, but he kind of mm -hmm. like did like almost a shake. With his yes. Every time, and which was very distinctive. Like, you know, so if the question was distinctive, I would certainly put him up. Maybe on. that's what I was thinking because that was the first thing. When you said that, I, I saw Tommy Young doing that in my head. Um, I definitely, I think uh, when, when you talk about best count, you just talk, I think, about best referees too. I would definitely probably put both the Hebners in that conversation. Well, that would have been my answer. And as, you're, yeah. as I'm talking about Hebner here, Leonard, you should also think about the other part of this question was who would have the worst pin count. Yeah. But I would say Earl Hebner would top my list simply because when he counted from two to three, mm -hmm. you believed that he was going to go all the way. Yeah. 
like that's clutch because let me tell you on the flip side of that coin some of the referees today i don't care what company you're talking about either they are not good at doing that two to three count you can tell that they want to stop every single like a lot of them you can tell that they they're going to stop and that they're not going the whole way which basically just kind of breaks that imagination from the viewer of like you know they know what the finish is and they're just going to stop earl hebner like his arm was like almost like a rubber band like you know he would go down for the three count and you thought he was going to go the whole way and it would always come so close um so like i missed that and that's why i think i put this question down because some of the referees today they just don't do that and a lot of them don't have any names you know they don't they have names obviously but yeah but they don't talk about them right their names are not advertised so uh i would just kind of put the collective referees today in in a group in that regard there are some good refs but anyway yeah when you ask me worse like nothing really came to mind but it's probably as we've talked about i don't necessarily watch a lot of the current product although i do listen to some other podcasts and i hear the a lot of the referees today you know people crap on them because they and when we talk about the Hebners and Tommy Young, like they understood what a match was. Right. And they understood what their job was. And I think they almost like an actor, you 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 play the part in the course of the show, where if we're going to compare that to referees today, it's more like they're just reading the script. They're not playing the part, they're reading the script. Right. And you know what? I will say this. Some of the older referees, like I'm talking pre-syndication deals, pre like territory era referees, some of those older gentlemen, oh, like, I mean, sometimes those three counts feel like they would last like 30 seconds. Like when they would get down and they would have to get down on their knees and then they would go like some, some of the, and you know what? Guest referees. Part of me cringes every time there's a guest referee that's like, especially a non-wrestling personality guest referee. Because then it's like, oh, this is because when the referees count looks odd, it does take, in my opinion, some of the drama and suspense out of the match. It really, mm-hmm. really does. It can break a moment very easily. Whereas sometimes the referees that are really good, like your Tommy Youngs or your Earl Hebners or your Mike Kiotas, like when they are doing those quick counts and those close calls really fast, like that can add to a match too, in my opinion. So, uh, and while we're here, I would say best. Fast count is Teddy Long. <laughs> yeah. If you go back, I don't remember exactly what the what the match was, but the match where Teddy Long um, like goes heel and he does a fast count is the best fastest fast count yeah. of like crooked referees. He's got I, the best crooked referee. I, think I remember what you're talking about. Actually. Yes, Teddy Long is the best crooked referee. There it, there's a side question: Who's the best evil crooked referee? I go Teddy Long. Not um, what's his name, Maddox. Dangerous Danny Davis and and um, oh um, Patrick would be the other one. Nick Patrick and Nick Dan Patrick. Patrick. I almost said Neil Patrick, like Neil Patrick Harris, and I knew that was wrong. He was never a referee, as far as he was me. never, and he would probably be a lousy guest referee. I'm just right. guessing. So Leonard, how was that sauce? That sauce was a little bit hotter than the first, but oddly, I didn't think it was too much hotter. I forgot to look at the label to see what was in there. I would that tasted more like a habanero with maybe some citrus in it, but pretty good. All right, great. Yeah. Um, sounds like hot sauce. I like. I like habanero with like. Yes, yes. I like the second one better than the first.
move. So this is now the final one, which again, just has a small dab on it. And I'm going to wipe a little bit of the second sauce on the bottom here because I got a little more left on the plate. All right. And I'll eat so, that while you do question three. And this is going to be an easy one, Leonard. So oh. when it comes to watching wrestling, mm -hmm. or even if you're in person, do you prefer stadiums or arenas? Most of my experience, of course, as you know, has been with indie shows. So I may even say uh, the back room of an American Legion Hall would be my preferred venue <laughs> because you are so up close to the action and you can also get more of a rapport with the, the wrestlers as they come in and out. And typically, yes, I am talking with my mouth while I'm chewing folks. Um, and and it, there's an intimate feel and especially those times where you get to hang out and talk with the legends and such who come to there you're not going to get that experience in an arena or stadium. Right. But to your question, um, I don't know if I've, I don't think I've ever been in an actual stadium to view uh, a match. I've been in arenas and the arenas have been fine. And I've talked to people who have been in stadiums, like good friend of the show, Dan Weber was in, was at WrestleMania when it was in Texas several years ago. And he talked about how he didn't really enjoy the experience because it was too much, too many people, too big, too large. You couldn't really focus on the action. You couldn't really see what was going on. And they were on the floor, but they were on like these risers that were kind of towards the back. Like they had added like extra seating. Right. And so I would say I would probably prefer a more intimate, smaller experience. And I'm that way. If I go to any sport, I love, how new baseball parks like PNC Park where the Pirates play, Great America where the Reds play, are smaller, more intimate parks than the big cookie cutter stadiums that were multi-purpose baseball and football, um, like say what Three Rivers Stadium used to be, right. uh, and and Veterans Memorial in Philly and these things, uh, because they were just too big and too large. I think the more intimate experience is more friend friendly. So I would say. Smaller indie show, arena show, larger stadium. And I will mention that I've been, of the some arena shows I've been to, I've been to a couple house shows at the Wheeling Civic Center, which is a very small arena. And that gives you a very nice, intimate experience. Dan and I even had the shield walk by us at one show that we went to. So that was really neat to, to have cool. them. Yeah, so that was really, it was funny too, because Dan, you know, when we get there, he's like, oh, the shield, who cares about the shield, shield, Dan. And then when they walk by us, he's like, that was so cool, the shield walked by us. Yeah, I mean, look at them now. It changes uh, your perspective on something, yeah. Yeah, you know, I, uh, I certainly prefer arenas to stadiums, and I have been to a stadium before I went to see, uh, you know, uh, the WrestleMania in New York, New Jersey WrestleMania that featured uh, Rock and Cena 2. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had near nosebleed seats, in this in the stadium it was metlife stadium where the giants play and uh you know not only was the weather kind of crappy that day but uh you know like i echo some of dan's sentiments it was great to be at a wrestlemania it's an experience i'll never forget uh, you know i loved being there but it was a lot of people and you know with the sound being drowned out from if you're watching on tv especially it it to me it takes away from the drama of some of the matches like i love 
like, you know, on the podcast, you always hear people talk about, um, you know, the arena in Chicago, the old arena in Chicago. I don't think they use it anymore. Not the Rosemont Horizon? Yes. Yeah, the Rosemont Horizon. Where they had, like, the, the sound would just reverberate off of the, the, the ceiling, and it would just be so loud in there. And sometimes that makes the matches all that more special when you can hear the crowd react to everything. And you don't get that at stadiums. And I realize that they're trying to get as much money and have as many people there as they can with the WrestleManias. Um, and even AEW has had some shows at our Arthur Ashe Stadium, or at least one. I think they're going to do another one here soon. Oh. And that, that's a smaller stadium. So those aren't as bad. But I still prefer the indoor venues um, where you can get that more intimate feel. And I agree with you about the indie show uh, as well. Um, so, Leonard, I saw you drank your milk. I could tell while you were speaking that that one was getting to you a little bit. Yes, considering the little bit that I had on there, I would actually like a little bit more to have gotten more of the heat at the start. But that's one of those that gets you on the backside. Ah, yes. Because when I first ate it, I was like, oh, this is fine. I, did, I should have put more on. I didn't really get, get the flavor of it. But as it has sat, like at this moment now, I'm feeling it very strong, sort of in the back of my mouth to the back of my throat area. And it's kind of a burning sting. Um, I would say that was more of a hot for hot sake, which I'm not a fan of. There wasn't really much of a flavor to that um, as the other two were. I would say the second one was my favorite of the three, which was the, the medium. Right. That hot, hot gets to the point where it gets to the point where it's hot for the sake of being hot. I don't particularly like that. I like a flavorful hot. That's why I like things like uh, uh, mango habanero type of thing because you're getting yeah. mangoes adding some flavor to the heat. So um, I've had quite a few hot sauces that are hot, hot, like you mentioned. Oh. Um, and you know, I, yeah, I, I I love trying hot things, but when it's just pure heat, you know, to me, and it's like it's often it's not good. Like you know, when it's just pure heat, and uh, you know, a couple of years ago I tried the Pocky hottest chip challenge. Yeah, I think you told me about that. Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, I, you know, that was kind of, I hung up the, uh, you know, the gun holster, so to speak, with trying really hot stuff after that, because that was just, just horrible. It was like utterly torturous for 24 hours. So, yeah, um, this was fun. I wish I could have done it with you, Leonard. I, I tried to search at the Walmarts mm -hmm. and New Jersey just to suck in that way, I guess. I guess the Walmarts around here have them. I found them at two different ones. But and and as for and I'm not a boneless wings fan. Let's go there too. I like the wing. I like a real yeah. wing. That's like a chicken nugget. It's a pressed chicken meat substance. Yeah. But for that and being the fact that I microwaved them to be quick, I didn't oven them. <laughs> um those weren't bad. I think when I eat those again, I'm gonna put them in the oven. And I'm going to use the second sauce. Well, if I can ever find them, I'll do it as well. Okay. Um, so, all right. 